Thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. Enjoy the podcast. It's time for a fresh start to language learning. Pearson Edexcel's new student-centred French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability or reason for studying. Rooted in learned language knowledge, their assessments are transparent and accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills. Through inclusive and relatable content, the new Pearson Edexcel MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding of and appreciation for the wider world. Find out more at go.pearson.com forward slash MFL GCSE 24. Good afternoon, Edufolk. I very nearly said good evening, but I have to remember that actually it's afternoon, not evening. I haven't spoken with you all in a while. Um, But it's good to be here, uh, despite the discussion we are having this afternoon, but I think it's a very important and necessary discussion to be having about the case of Sarah Mead. The results have come through, and uh, well, let's see what uh, what you all have to to say about it. And we're just waiting for Tom Rogers to join us, who is there and ready to go. I can see him. Fantastic, and we will be able to get cracking momentarily. Please do join in the discussion, it's very important. We want you to participate, we want you to be involved. And uh, oh, I can see Tom Rogers is there and ready to go. Good afternoon to you, Mr. Rogers. How are you doing? Good afternoon, and yourself? Yeah, all right, thank you. Despite uh, our topic of discussion this afternoon, yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's a really interesting one, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. so uh, I mean, I was going to do this Monday night, but I just thought, you know, that this deserved something now um, because I feel like it's uh, it's an issue that really sort of touches on a lot of the different challenges that teachers are currently facing or or certainly seem to be facing um, in schools at the moment. Um, Just in case you don't know what we're talking about. And you've just literally clicked on the link for this. Um, I think it'd be best to maybe talk through just for five minutes what exactly this is all about. Um, so yesterday, uh, the government uh, published a report into a tribunal uh, around a teacher called Miss Sarah Mead. Um, and a series of allegations were put to uh, Miss Mead in this tribunal. Um, the allegations were pretty serious. Uh, so just to sort of give you uh, a rundown of those, um, uh, on or around the 13th of May 2022, Miss Sarah Mead allowed pupils to use glue guns without adequate, adequate supervision without a risk assessment having been conducted and or without two members of staff being present. Uh, Miss Mead admitted this allegation in full. The panel was satisfied that Miss Mead's admission was unequivocal, unequivocal and consistent with the surrounding evidence. Therefore, the panel found this allegation proven. And if we go back in the report, and by the way, this is available on the government website. You can find it very easily on Twitter. It's, it's in the public domain. Um, but in the section entitled Decisions and Reasons, the panel announced its decision and its reasons as follows. 
Uh, Meridian Angel Primary School is a one-form entry primary school in Edmonton Anfield. It's part of the London Diocesan Board for Schools and Academies Trusts. Miss Mead was employed by the school as assistant head teacher in June 2015. In September 2020, Miss Mead was promoted to interim deputy head teacher, and the following year took the substantive post. At the material time of these allegations, Miss Mead was also the designated safeguarding lead, otherwise known as DSL, and held classroom teaching responsibilities. Uh, so straight away, uh, when I was reading this, I, I was thinking this is a high stress role. This is this is a tough tough gig. On the 13th of May 2022, Miss Mead was teaching a year six class for the day. The pupils had completed their key stage two SATs test that week. The class was mainly undertaking art and design tasks in the afternoon, including creating characters for the school's library display. Miss Mead had split the class into three groups and two of them were working on projects relating to the display. The class was split between the year six classroom a neighbouring breakout room and the adjoining art room. Miss Mead rotated through the groups and was supervising them on her own. She did not have the support of a teaching assistant on that day. When we discuss this later, we'll certainly come back to that point because I think it's a very important one. One of the groups working on the art projects was using PVA glue to stick parts of the characters together that they'd made. Two, two pupils from this group approached Miss Mead with a glue gun they had obtained. Miss Mead told them not to use the glue gun and to keep using the PVA glue. When Miss Mead next returned to the pupils in this group, she found that they'd switched the glue gun on and they showed Miss Mead how the PVA glue was not working for the task. Having been shown this by the pupils, Miss Mead accepted the PVA glue was not effective and showed those pupils how to use the glue gun safely and allowed them to use it. Miss Mead continued to check on other pupils in the class as they were spread out in their groups. Just a little bit of an interlude there before I carry on reading. This to me is a, that what I've just read there to me sounds like a very common situation that many, many teachers can find themselves in. That was my sort of feeling in, 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 in my opinion when I read that part. It was a situation that I can just see in my mind's eye. Uh, Lucy, do you want to come in there? Um, I've been in this situation. I have been this teacher. And I think this is why uh, this is kind of hitting so hard for, for me at the moment, because I, I could be the teacher in, in this position. I have used glue guns in primary school. And, you know, we've obviously gone through the, the necessary procedures and training to, to, to do that. But it's just... The fact that this could be, and I'm sure there are primary teachers sitting here in the mix right now who have also been been this teacher and and done many projects. I mean, I've um, you know uh, seen uh, things like um, Stanley knives used with Year Six. I mean, obviously again with the appropriate training. But as we're seeing, things things can go go wrong, and uh, I think it's just. I mean, this whole discussion is 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 a lot of food for thought this afternoon. Mm, mm. I'll, I'll continue reading. It was almost the end of the day. And on returning to the groups with the glue gun, pupil A had now joined this group and was watching the other pupils use the glue gun. Miss Mead asked pupil A to return to his group, but he explained that he'd finished his task with that group. On later returning to the group, Miss Mead noticed that pupil A had started to use the glue gun. Miss Mead showed people a how to use it safely. Now, again, just to pause there, 
for me, this is one of those... Uh, I mean, I don't want to get into a debate here about group work and all that jazz around that. But this is one of those where it is a really difficult situation for the teacher to manage. Because what's going on here is the teacher has multiple groups, multiple individuals in the room. And for anybody listening to this, maybe listening to it back, who's not a teacher or isn't involved in education, that's probably one of the toughest situations for a teacher to manage where you've got multiple groups, you don't have TA support. We've already seen that in the report. There isn't another uh, teaching assistant there to help the teacher. So essentially they are in their own. When their back's turned, anything can be happening. Um, you know, the teacher so far, up to up to what we've read so far, has given very clear instructions to the students. It's not as if there is ambiguity in any of this. There, there is a very clear, you know, I need you to do this. I want you to do this. I'll carry on reading. Um, as the children were packing up for the end of the day, one of the pupils told Miss Mead that pupil A had hurt himself. Miss Mead spoke to pupil A and in her evidence stated, this part's redacted, was reluctant to show her redacted hand and was covering it with redacted other hand. Another pupil then moved pupil A's hand and Miss Me could see there was a small, single blister on the forehand. Now, that picture is available, again, in the public domain. I'm not going to le- link to the, the media organisation who have published it, but that picture was provided by the parent in this case. Miss Me told Pupil A to visit the medical room, but Pupil A refused. I think that's a really important line. I don't know what anybody else thinks, and I'm hoping to bring different callers in um, as we go through this. But it says here very clearly, Miss Me told Pupil A to visit the medical room, but Pupil A refused. Now, to me, that's absolutely key. What, what, you know, my sort of when I was reading this, I'm going, wait a minute. This boils down here at this particular moment to a student not following instructions but yet the teacher is the one who's ended up at the end of this incredibly stressful arduous and damaging process anyway i'll continue reading miss mead told pupil a to visit the the medical room pupil a refused miss mead additionally told pupil a to go and run his hand under the tap in the nearby toilet now again i'd welcome any other opinions on this but um when i saw the picture again it's available on Twitter, you can look at it yourself. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, my, my immediate question was, how many times has this happened in the last 30 or 40 years? Pro- probably a lot. That, that's been the reaction at that level of injury. We're talking about, and, and again, this is my opinion only, we're talking about an injury that is not as bad as an injury that a child could sustain on the playground on any given day. Right? Uh, Miss Mead was required to be on gate duty that afternoon. And as Pupil A left the school to go home, Miss Mead told Pupil A to show redacted hand to redacted mother when redacted got home. Miss Mead was then involved in a high risk safeguarding issue with some other vulnerable pupils who had not been collected at the end of the day. This is where my rage was starting to build um, when I was reading this. Because, again, my view only, this is a teacher who has finished 
at the end of what was obviously a very stressful and tiring week as a deputy head teacher, DSL, and all these other things that she's having to do, SATS week, all the rest. And she's on gate duty, so she has to go there. There's another issue happening, uh, which they describe in the report as a high-risk safeguarding issue. And as deputy head and DSL, presumably she would have to, she would feel obligated to deal with that in fact it said that she says as she was dealing with this high risk issue as the dsl until 4 30 miss mead was not able to deal with pupils pupil age issues straight after school as she would normally do as a result miss mead forgot to deal with pupil age issues and follow the school procedures such as contacting re uh, redacted mother informing the head teacher or recording it in the school's accident book I'll be totally honest with you and I'll be straight with you. Put me on the put me on the tribunal then because there's been times where on a Friday afternoon, um, okay, may, maybe not on, on, on the level of, the, of what's being discussed here, but are you telling me that there haven't been times lasting on a Friday where you've had a meeting after school on a Friday where you either forget something or you think, oh, do you know what? I'll, I'll leave that for another time and then you forget about it. Listen, I, I challenge anybody out there um, to find me an experienced teacher who has not been in that sort of a situation. And I myself will hold my hands up straight away and say, probably in the past, I can't think right now off the top of my head of a specific example, but I can guarantee you that at some point this, a similar sort of thing has probably happened to me. Um, and what this is about is Miss Mead seems to be the unlucky one here. She seems to be the unlucky one. We'll come on to the, the media campaign and all the rest of it later. Uh, as a result, Miss Me forgot to deal with pupil age issues and follow the school procedures, such as contacting redacted mother, informing the head teacher, or recording it in the school accident book. Again, I'd love to know what people think, but when you look at that injury and you sort of imagine you're in that classroom, yes, you know that the right thing to do would be to do everything that's said in that report. But you know what? Teachers are human beings. And as I said, since time immemorial, the reaction to very minor injuries would be to try and deal with that in-house or, you know, deal with it in the way that you think is best. That's not, I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. The right thing to do is, is exactly by the book exactly what is said on there but what i'm trying to do is just is just paint a picture of a teacher in a high stress situation trying their best obviously to deal with with all of this which just sounds like a a mammoth task given the amount of stuff there is um carrying on when pupil a got home from school redacted showed redacted hand to redacted mother pupil a's mother called 111 and was advised to take pupil a to a hospital which she did that evening. The clinical summary sheet from the hospital's emergency department described the injury as, open quote, very small area of burn to the dorsum of his right hand, two tiny blisters, one is oozing, blisters uh, debrided, burn is less than 1%. Impression, superficial burn. Um. So obviously the mother, it then carries on, the panel had photographs of the injury taken by pupil A's mother before it, which were consistent with the description. And again, those are probably the ones published online. I don't know. The hospital advised that pupil A return in a few days to check for any infection. 
Pupil A's mother was subsequently told to treat the injury by taking over-the-counter pain relief medication and regularly applying Vaseline to the burn. At some point over the early part of the weekend, Pupil A's mother made a post about the glue gun situation on Twitter and tagged the school in the post. Again, I'll pause there. Would love to hear comments on this, but I think this again touches on this issue of teachers now with Facebook, X, Instagram, particularly I'd say Facebook, X, and you know probably other emerging platforms. It is an issue here where, and we've seen it time again, people trying to get other people sacked, right? Um, now, again, I'm not saying that I'm going to apply this to this particular instance, but when I read that statement, it did, it did, again, touch on some of the other instances and situations that I've seen on social media. The naming of teachers, the naming of schools, the naming of specific situations and so on with the intention to um, go down a certain pathway. Anyway. I'll, I'll carry on. On Saturday, 14th of May, 22, Pupil A's mother called The Sun newspaper to report the incident. The paper subsequently ran a story under the headline, Sticky Issue, I'm Furious After My Redacted, Burnt, Redacted Hand at School Using a Glue Gun. I didn't find out until Redacted got home. It's time for a fresh start to language learning. Pearson Edexcel's new student-centred French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability or reason for studying. Rooted in learned language knowledge, their assessments are transparent and accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills. Through inclusive and relatable content, the new Pearson Edexcel MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding of and appreciation for the wider world. Find out more at go.pearson.com forward slash MFL GCSE 24. The panel only had a copy of the headline and the evidence before it and did not have a full copy of the article. Uh, Lucy, yeah, go ahead. No, I think you're, you're going to get to this, uh, Tom, but um, I just want to draw your attention to the pinned tweet above, which is um, Ooh, yeah. from Paul, who said, um, would the situation have gone to panel? And this is something that definitely crossed, I think, all of our minds. Would it have gone to panel if the parent hadn't gone to the press before the discuss discussing the incident with the school? And I think this is going to form a huge part of where you're about to go. So I will be quiet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... Also on 14th of May 22, which is the Saturday, the IT department at the school raised a Twitter post with the head teacher, who subsequently emailed Miss Mead to ask about it. Miss Mead responded to the head teacher's email on the same day and confirmed that pupil A had hurt with a glue gun, had hurt redacted with a glue gun the previous day. On Sunday 15th of May, pupil A's mother emailed a complaint to the trust. On the return to school on Monday 16th of May, Events had picked up further pace. On arrival at the school, Miss Mead met with the head teacher to discuss the issue. Following the conversation, Miss Mead taught her morning class and made the required entries in the accident book during her lunchtime break. Pupil A's mother also attended the school to obtain further information, and the school started to receive press inquiries. The CEO of the trust emailed Pupil A's mother to offer an apology and explain that an investigation was underway. Furthermore, the head teacher of the school emailed pupil A's mother. At the end of the school day, 
the head teacher had a conversation with Miss Mead in which her position at the school and the situation was discussed. There was a conversation regarding the HR advice that was given regarding her role, which included that she consider resigning her position. Although Miss Mead was unsure of the situation and ramifications, she agreed to resign immediately. Now, this particular paragraph, um, I struggle with for for a whole range of reasons. Um, my first question was: Was it right for HR to give advice that she should consider resigning her position? Was it right? that the head teacher put Miss Mead in a position where she was, again, could have been pressured into resigning her post. And I suppose question C, was it the best thing for her to do to resign? Um, there is that argument to say that by resigning, uh, does that then mean that, it, you know, was the advice sort of, it'll go away if you resign um, sort of thing. Again, I don't know. I'm just sort of speculating and throwing out questions. There's a lot of questions about this. One of the things that I thought about it when I read it was the idea of like teacher blame, you know, that, that, that paragraph there, it just, it just, it rung out to me those sort of like alarm bells of we just want to, we, we as a, a trust, a school, whatever, want to manage our way out of this. And, you know, I think for a lot of people from reading it have sort of said, shouldn't the first port of call be protect the member of staff? And, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm not saying the school or the, the CEO or the head teacher didn't do that. But from that paragraph, it doesn't come across that that Miss Mead was supported in a way where the school and trust truly believed that this should be thrown out. It should be thrown out. Anyway, I'll carry on reading. On the 19th of May 22, pupil A's mother reported the incident to the police. Also on this date, she made a referral to the TRA. Um, which I think is uh, Lucy, do you know what that stands for? Um, Teacher Regulation Authority, is it, I think? Um, On 22nd of May 22, she reported the incident to the Health and Safety Executive. During this week, Pupil A's mother, who was unaware of Miss Mead's resignation, started an online petition and also an in-person petition collecting signatures outside the school to have Miss Mead removed from the school. Pupil A's mother subsequently started the process of of bringing a civil claim regarded her redacted injury. (sighs) Again, I'd I'd love to... Lucy, go ahead. See, this is where this whole thing falls apart for me and for, I think, a lot of other people. And I just also want to say that please do contribute to this discussion because it's not just between Tom and myself it is between all of you because I think that uh this impacts all of us in in the profession this is I mean going back to the idea or the fact that Ms Mead resigned my thought behind that was possibly given recent things we've seen in the press very sad instances 
um, of of um, people taking their own lives and things like that. Maybe that was what was going through her mind in that she thought, I'm just going to walk away because that is the mm. easiest thing to do. Mm. I wonder if in her shoes, I might have just done the same thing, yeah. knowing what could possibly come down the pipe in my direction. Is it worth fighting when you know you are going up against the school, this mother and everything else? But that's with where, it? Lucy, that's where for me, like, yeah, I agree with you if the school and trust aren't supportive. Because if yeah. they are, if they turn around and say, listen, we, we know all the facts. We know that you've potentially made a mistake. Anyone can make a mistake. Um, but you know what? We are fully behind and supportive of you. And the reason that, in my opinion, should have happened is it goes on in the report to talk about her record as a teacher, her record as a leader, her record mm. as a person. It's yeah. unblemished. It's It's obvious that she is somebody who has been doing a really good job over a long period of time you know she she's just your typical really good teacher um and and therefore that's the bit where i I agree with you is that you know from a sort of legal hr perspective there was probably Mm. that that bit of sort of hang on a minute um you know this this is gonna bring up a whole load of issues but from a school and trust perspective they could have taken that advice and said you know what yeah we understand the advice but we're gonna make very clear to miss Mead that we fully back support her and that uh, absolutely should should have happened and I'm that not probably saying... that may have happened we we don't know what those yeah. conversations were from the report we're only reading we're speculating almost from this report as to what those for conversations sure. were um for sure but equally you know interpret the interpretation of of what's written there it's difficult to see it isn't it in in any other way than what it's written almost definitely but i think that i mean saying that i in the same position i probably would have done the same thing it doesn't mean it's the right thing and it doesn't mean that she should have been driven to that or that's the decision that she should have been made and we don't know the advice she received but uh, parking that for a second and going on to this whole um, petition situation, this again is where uh, I'm going to look back on, on Paul's comment where he sort of said, you know, had she, uh, if this parent hadn't gone to the press or hadn't started doing this petition, when did this become a thing? And I don't know if it's since the social media age. I don't know if this is just people who have a vendetta. I mean, I don't, again, this mother, we don't really know anything about her because all that information is is redacted. And so again, it'd be wrong to speculate. But how is it we live in a, in a day and age where somebody can do that to somebody very publicly, very openly, based on one incident? I understand the upset and I understand, you know, I would be mortified as, as, as a teacher, if, if, you know, it is mean, beyond mortified. But how we can arrive at a situation where this kind of—I don't know if you call it—it's not vigilantism. It's it's something mm. else. It's it's pitchforks and and, mm. and that sort of thing. And I, what I want to understand is how on earth we have ended up here. Mm. Uh, we've got David in. David, um, thanks for joining us. Do you want to share your thoughts? Yeah, just listening in. It's really interesting. I mean, for, as a former head and someone who's 
followed up investigations for the LA, um, the thing that sort of strikes me, which is just the first page of the kind of complaints procedure, which doesn't seem to have been put into place. So just going back to your question there yeah. about sort of the pitchforks and the, the the Facebook and everything else, if if we're making it clear that complaints have to be funneled through the school procedure and not public, um, and that's yeah. explicit and that's on the website and everybody agrees that that's the right thing to do, then the school kind of holds the cards a little bit in relation to the next step. So I think then what we've got is that really that first form that the parent fills in says on it, what would you like the outcome to be? You know, and if the outcome, and there's a box to fill in and and that's it. And she submits that before the initial conversation. So what we're looking to see then really is, is it about retribution and, it is about retribution. It, ha- it has become about retribution. It's a, become about public shaming. So I'm assuming I would look at this situation and ask why, you know, why has the teacher decided to kind of give a resignation in? If you have, if you don't have those things in place at the school you, that you're at, then it's a very difficult place to work at. And if you don't have that yeah. kind of faith in the in the in the leadership and the management, and if you don't feel protected because that's what we're sort of discussing there you know that the there needed to be a level of protection if those protocols are not clear explicit if those aren't in place then why would you work there i think that that is probably where you would walk away and say you know it's it's a matter of time before it's one person another or it's me again so i I think Mm. there's a whole sort of level of things that i think could have been done uh, that really could have kind of helped things. I'm not saying that, you know, when you've got parents with, uh, you know, with these kind of a, you know, they've got a right, they've got a, a right to complain, they've got a right to share their thoughts, they've got, a, but it has to be done in the right manner, doesn't it? I mean, one thing we, we do know is misconduct will, will be on this person's record forever. Yeah. Um, we we also know, we we don't know what the specific advice was, um we we don't know if she was uh we don't know why she was advised to resign no. um we uh, we you know if if she was forced to leave and harassed into leaving so they gave her no choice then fair enough but it doesn't sound like that from there it, it sounds like advice was given it will. It's um, you kind of would have to say that that by her resigning, what? How is that? How is that a positive outcome? And I know you, yeah. you know when I say positive, obviously there's a context to consider. There's yeah. a child with an injury and and those kind of things. But how is that a proportionate outcome? And I don't think well, it is. So I wouldn't have been as, as Dave, I wouldn't Dave, have been well, willing to accept that resignation. I'd, I'd have challenged that. I would guess. Well, that's what I was going to, my next question to you was going to ask, you know, and I know this is a very difficult one, but as a former head, um, you know, let's imagine that timeline of events happens. You know, as it, it's interesting to get insight into the head teacher's role within this in terms of what could or should a head do at each stage of the process. Mm. So I don't know whether you can sort of, give any sort of insight on that in terms of what 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 you or others may do in this situation because it could happen again very easily these similar things um yeah i i mean i i think that um 
again, it's kind of going back to those protocols being in place before because it's not about the head, it's not about the member of staff in this instance, it's about any situation that you may have where these things can occur. So, I, I mean, my advice from headship, one of the things that I learned sort of fairly quickly was that you have to kind of put that that policy in place. It's a really important one. And when you get the job, you may not feel like it's a priority. But if, uh, you know, as we know, that these are the things that can occur and so you do need it. And so I'd already, you know, sort of seen that that was going to be a priority when I got my job. And I worked in a, a school with, with very sort of challenging circumstances where there were lots mm. of possibilities in this in this respect. So... I think I was always sort of comfortable and confident about how to manage things should they occur, having created the policy, worked with the governors to verify it, agreed it with the staff, and then knowing it sufficiently well to apply it when the time comes. And and that, that sort of drastically reduces things. I mean, what you're looking to do at that first instance is take the heat out of the situation. So the minute that that parent is, you're aware that that parent is unhappy, I would be picking up the phone and saying, right, okay, my door's open. And then I would be civil and fair and I wouldn't allow them to criticise the process. So I wouldn't allow them to be personal, criticise me uh, or the school. Yeah. I would I would make sure that those things were, were very clear and, and very supportive. Um, and, and so... The first instance, take the heat out of things. If that's not sufficient, and if the you know it's clear that the parent is unhappy with the actions that you you might propose, which would all again be explicit in the policy, um, then uh, then you, uh, then, uh, then you're looking at independent know. support, aren't you? Really, for the process, so that it can would, be so it's objective, really. I guess. Would you have sort of fought back against any teacher who said? I'm resigning on the Monday. Would you have been like, hang on, like, don't do that. Like, let's just I would, I would wait have, for it. I would have been incredibly sad. You know, it's a, it's yeah. a colleague and, it, you know, we all know that there's probably not a person on this call and, and reading it. We all know situations where we could have been in that, in that, you know, in that, in that situation. You know, we all know whether it's a glue gun whether it's a you know child falling off a climbing frame, whether or not it's a residential, whether or not it's you know it's not negligence, it's the element of risk that comes with doing things. So that's proportionate, isn't it? And that is and and going back to what I think one of the things that I'm seeing with this situation is there's a type of person presumably behind this from a parent point of view. So that there's there's things that we don't know because we're you know we're not party to those things, but. When there is an agenda and when parents, uh, you know, may feel this way, that's why we've got to kind of clarify whether or not it's about retribution. We've got to really make clear whether or not the, you know, what a proportionate outcome would be and and Mm -hmm. articulate that and clarify that from the onset and then work towards that. Um, At no point, I would say, you know, with this situation and, and the glue gun, that it would warrant somebody resigning who was a perfectly good servant to the school. Uh, we've got uh, Tuma calling in. I don't know whether you can unmute yourself and please correct my name pronunciation if that is incorrect. Yeah, hi, Tom. No, you're spot on. You're spot on. So thank Brilliant. you for that. I appreciate it. Yes. Um, do you know, I wanted to say, I, I actually agree with what David was saying with regards to 
the procedures that the school should have in place with regards to complaints. Because it looks like it looks like due to the media involvement, you've just skipped that, right? Mm-hmm. And it just looks like you've gone straight to a panel tribunal, and now we're at where we are now, right now. But the bit I didn't get was why, mm. what the bit I didn't understand in it all was why it went to tribunal. I don't understand that bit. Like she's the teachers resigned. Is this because like what's triggered it to go further? Is that literally based on the pressure from the parent and the media and whatever else? I, I, I think that's I think that's the case. I think the pressure from the parent um, and the media. It says in the report that. The, the the school found out that it, that it was in the media through the IT technician that they saw it on Twitter and then they brought it to the head's attention. Yeah. You know, so I think that's what led to the school wanting to also protect their reputation in the community and also show parents that actually we are a school that values the safety of your children because that's what's really at stake here. If, you know... Again, I go back to what David was saying with regards to handling things in house, right? Which could have been done in this situation had the parent not gone to the media. But there's also there's also another case, another situation that that stands out for me, which is that you know we've got an individual here that is deputy head, uh, DSO, and has classroom responsibilities. So, yeah. so it's yeah. high pressure. Unfortunately. We can't control the parents, right? And despite that being a high pressure situation, like I've been there at times where it's you know the teacher herself was at school till four thirty dealing with another situation, yeah. and yeah. I've been there myself where I want to go home, but actually this email has to be sent. This record needs to be made. I will stay to whatever time it takes to make sure that that there's a record kept, and ultimately I've made sure that I've covered myself. Do you yeah. see? Yeah, and exactly. the sad thing is, no matter how pressurized the situation was, we as educators, we have to endeavor, we have to find a wherewithal to make sure that we have uh, crossed our eyes, dotted our T's. Yeah. And, and, and the first state, and you know, you know, there's several antecedents in this situation. The first antecedent is the fact that we've got a member of staff who's covering um, an arts and crafts lesson. She's put the groups into three across three different classrooms. That, for me, is the first situation that shouldn't happen. Support has to be given to her. And then there's a glue gun. You know, for me, the child should not have been given the glue gun at all. But again, it's high pressure right situation. But after the burn has happened, then things have to, you, we must follow a procedure. Because that means that... Well, whenever Jim, I think another really important point, which yeah. you haven't put in there yet, is yeah. that the teacher did give very clear instructions to the from what we can read yes. to the students so so it's not as if there's been glue guns hanging around and like and and it's almost like she's tried to not go mm. she's she's almost done she's probably very tired on a friday afternoon and yes. being hassled to use these this glue gun right and there's probably that part of her that's just gone. You, you know what? I've been. Yeah. I can't. I can't carry on fighting this. She hasn't, as you mentioned, got the support. But in saying yeah. all that, she has at least sort of made a very clear instruction to the child, which is like, yeah, this is how you do it. 
rather than just leaving them to it, which I think is a really important bit in that. It is. It, it is. It is. And I have to say that my context is secondary. And I have to say, you know, for me, if I see a burn on a child, I have to, my pers- personally, I have to take that child myself to the nurse. Whether I can say to the child to go to see the nurse, but if I, if I see a burn, you know, I have to make sure that the nurse has seen that child. Or I could say to the child, go and see the nurse. And then I have to make sure I follow up with the nurse at the very least yeah. and say, did so-and-so come and see you today with the burn? At the very, very least. Do you, do you see? So, so that's, me, that's me in a secondary context. So in a primary context, I think I would even leave that child to go. I would just make sure that I take the child myself or call someone to bring that child to the to the nurse because it's a burn. Do, do you see? That, that's that's where I come from. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't yeah. think there's any doubt if we were to sit down with this teacher now. I don't know. I've never met her. I don't know who she is. But I'm sure that she would go, oh, yeah, I made a mistake. In fact, she, she yes. more or less said, I made a mistake. And my yes. sort of point is that any teacher out there in a high pressure situation on a Friday afternoon can make a mistake. Now, the level of this mistake, I think, is up for debate because when, I mean, I think the level of injury is important to consider here. I don't think we can, and I understand, like, the counter arguments that would be, and I, I agree with you, you know, we know what the process should have been, right? We get that, we know all that, but we've also got to sort of look at we weren't in that classroom. We don't know how the child was acting. Were they sort of, you know, crying their eyes out or were they laughing and joking? We don't know. No. We don't know. Do we? We don't, we, we don't Tom, know. Tom, can the... I just mention as well there, sorry. Yeah. And just really interesting that you mentioned that because one thing when I read the report this morning that I couldn't see is how it actually happened. Now, so so there's no kind of reference to sort of the, the responsibility on behalf of the child. And it's year six, so we're not, no, you know, we are talking about... Maybe, yeah. Exactly. So it's sort of like, where, where is the, uh, you know, the question really to ask, how did it, the burn occur? Because looking at it, if you know, you would assume, and if this went to a court of law, I'm sure there'd be more thorough kind of insight required to look and say, how did it actually happen? Because the child knows... So the so so what the child is choosing to share, and what what you know it, it, we've got a bit of a selective kind of approach with regards to the the investigation anyway. When you read the report, uh, so it's uh, that that again really sort of brings back how confident were the school initially in asking and and proposing that the child has some accountability in the situation as well because Mm -hmm. we know that it's very easy for children to go home and it's very empowering to share things in a way uh, which would where we we could allude that to the fact that it's it's teacher misconduct couldn't we you know it's we know that and we've got to be ready for that in school and we've got to counter that does the fact and i put this to tuma and david as well does this case um sort of point to wider issues about responsibility and accountability because of the way that it's this case has managed to get to the point of yesterday where that report is being published like it should surely it should never get that far surely like you've just said david questions need to be asked of the individuals concerned and not just miss sarah mead yeah, it, it it didn't need. Uh, I think you've mentioned really 
today about reputations, and I think that it just didn't. It 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 become so. Uh, I mean, it, it was unraveling, wasn't it? So on the media, um, on the internet, and everything. If you know, we we all know that if a parent has a complaint, they've got a right to complain. They need to come to the school and they need to follow the school's protocol. It's published. It's there. Hand it over the counter. Off we go. And then internally, we can go from there. If those first things are secure and tight and well managed then it doesn't need to escalate. But it's escalated really quickly, and it does look like a response to that escalation, doesn't it? Yeah. You'd have to read that report and say that really, you know, nobody's going to challenge the fact that, the, you know, we're talking about negligence here because it's already got to this stage and it's very clear. But in actual fact, there's some finer details, really, which haven't been addressed. And the first one, you, you asked me the question as a head, what question would you ask when somebody comes through the door? You know, it's it's. It, I'm going to go away and I'm going to find out from both sides. I'm going to get clarity on the situation. You don't act on things without both parties. And one significant factor of, of clarity required is what was the pupil doing? What's the child doing? It has to be asked whether or not it's it's relevant. You know, it, we, we have to know that. Yeah. I, Chima, I, do you, do you yeah. agree with that? No, I, I can't say that I do. Um it's something to consider, but I'm I'm trying to look at this as objectively as I can. And you know, when we, if we, we can ask what was the child doing, but I'll look at this again. The child had a burn. What was done about the burn? What was done in the aftermath? And one thing about uh, Miss Mead is that you can tell she is a person of integrity because she accepted the allegations wholeheartedly. Everything. And and it said that she said she, in the report she, it said um, she said what she would do, what she would have done, what she should have done, right? So Miss Mead already accepts what should have happened, and that's the thing. We can only control what we can control. We can't control anything external. But once those procedures which are put in place to protect all stakeholders, we have to ensure that they are followed. We have to. And my heart goes out to Miss Mead. They do. But at the end of the day, if 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 I'm um, a parent of another child and this has come out, I want to know what is what is this school doing to protect or to ensure the safety of my child? But, Chima, and, let, and, and, yeah, go on. let me just ask, because, I mean, my first question was, why don't you think it's relevant or important as to why or how the child got burnt? It is, it is important how, how they got burnt. It's, it's important, but um, the, the the procedures that have to be followed can put an end to, you know, the the mum coming out and saying that this has happened in my school. Because then we come back and say, okay, this happened. We go back to the report. We see the evidence. This happened. It was logged. The teacher logged it. Mm. The nurse has seen the, has seen the child. We've done what we have done. We've done what our policy says that we should do. So... What, what, you know, and, and we have the policies for a reason, yeah. do you see? So it is important, uh, but but also, so I think we must consider, you know, since, you know, since COVID as well, our, our children with regards to how they interact with certain things. I have some kids that still can't use Pritt stick, you know, they, they, they are still, they're still getting back to grips with socializing, you know, so having given them a glue gun, 
you know, again, it's, it's a very high pressurized situation. What led, to, you know, sometimes high pressure leads to um, us making errors in judgment. You know, you, and, you said that you said that um, as a parent, mm. your first sort of port of call would be to, you know, be sort of contacting the school or trying to find out how the how the burn occurred. But I mean, I tweeted earlier that if this had been my mum. <laughs> Yeah, you would have been, and 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 she'd have asked me what happened, and yes. she knew the facts of it. Now we don't know, which I I actually agree with David. I I still think that knowing that is important. Uh, I I do actually think that's important to know why. But either way, the teacher has given an instruction, um, and the instruction for whatever reason has not been followed. If that had been my mum, she'd have been like, "Tough luck, you know, you got a scratch." Um, learn your lesson. Now, that's I'm not saying that's right or wrong. That's what that's what my mum probably would have said, and I would mm. have accepted that because I would have been like I was messing about, like I wasn't following instructions, I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. We don't know the full facts. We only know that an instruction wasn't followed. We don't know why. We don't know what was going on in the room. Um, Tom, do you, you've got your hand up. Do you want to make a point? Hi, everybody. Um, thank you very much, everybody, who's been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Um, if you'd like to um, follow us a bit more, then please do go to our website, um, ttradio.org, and um, you can subscribe to the website there. Thank you. We've, I've seen quite a few of those subscriptions have come in um, since the start of the space, so thank you to everybody who's done that already. I just wanted to make a few points uh, about the case um, from the TTR perspective, just to add a little bit more context and talk about the unanswered questions and the, um, things like that. First of all, we have asked the um, Trust um, for a response to this case. It is the weekend, um, so we haven't had a response, and it is also the summer holidays. Um, so once we have heard anything from the Trust, we will, of course, report that. Um, secondly, we had the point about... Um, going to the school nurse it's worth noting um from a national perspective that the number of school nurses in england in the uk has fallen by 35 percent in the last five years um to around 2000 that is um, research from oxford brooks um, university and yeah there's lots of um, unanswered questions paul um asked and um, what had happened to the teacher whether there was been enrolled um we can we know that the teacher has um resigned and is found work at another school as long-term supply, was very open and honest about what happened in the previous school, and this was used by the TRA to her credit, and as far as we're aware, she's still teaching in this school. So yeah, those are just a few points um, that I just wanted to add there. Thanks, Tom. That's really helpful. Um, we've got Beauty. Uh, if you want to unmute yourself. Yep. Yes. Hello, everyone. Um, thank Hi. you so much, Tom, and um, uh, Teachers Talk Radio for hosting this space. Um, I remember when this case um, first happened and like all of us have probably been following it, waiting um, with bated breath on what's going to happen. I personally think how it's escalated is completely disproportional to what's happened. Um, and I appreciate the points a lot of parents make, like yourself, Chuma, but I just fundamentally think that it was wrong, particularly going to a newspaper like The Sun um and trying to tarnish this woman's name that's just something contextual I want to say my actual point I want to make is that as far as I'm concerned this is the perfect case study um for trade unions and what teachers are fighting for right now mm. I believe personally that the state that teachers 
are in right now is so critical and dire. The expectation for them, not just to act in their role as teachers, but also valorize them as parents between working school days or being or, or seeing or knowing, um, ex- expecting them to go above and beyond. Like, I don't know if you if you read that report, she was rotating between was it two or three classes? Like, yeah. How do you yeah. expect someone in, in that capacity? And I'm not sure how many kids were was um were in each, yeah. each of those classes, but for you to to see everything and know everything. And in the report even says that she showed them how to use this gun safely. Yeah. Right? Well, it, she gave them there. clear she gave clear instructions. She also, according to the report, tried to almost put them off using it and right, she tried right. to she sort of tried to stop them using it basically, but they you know, in that sort of thing, I've I've been there not not with a glue gun, but I've been there with situations where, and this is where we, we probably need a whole nother show on like group work and like mm-hmm. all that sort mm-hmm. of side of things. But mm-hmm. but if you're in a situation like the one you've just described, you have your back turned, you have multiple students to right. deal with, you have different kids coming up to you asking you for things right the whole time. It's Friday afternoon. You're already knackered you you know you, you're probably doing an activity you don't really want to do you know she's right probably, but again right. reading between the lines she's probably not wanting to do this particular activity i'm sure she's probably got a million other things she needs to do um right. so, um, so i yeah, just so, sorry sorry to interrupt but i just want to say that this is as a unionist myself this is a trade mm. union issue there's clear power asymmetries in this entire case and i believe that you know, someone said before she had integrity, 100%. But this is clearly a power play. You know, it could have been handled in-house. She spoke to her superior. It was understood. Cool. Case closed. The fact yeah. it has to be escalated on a national level, for me, speaks to the fundamental issue right now on the expectations of workers, not just teachers, but across industries. They are not well, sure. Yeah, Thank absolutely. And and Beauty, thanks for your kind words about TTR. We're always trying to sort of um, bring these issues to the fore. It's quite a difficult one to, to talk about, but it's one that is very important. And I know next month we're going to have a show based around uh, unions, the important of le- importance of legal advice. We're going to have right. EDAP, who, who are right. in the space today on there, talking about that next month. Um, so, you know, there, there are going to be things in the pipeline where we will discuss the sort of debate around um i guess union membership because it is you know there, there, there are many people who who don't believe in it not not many but there are some and there are there yeah. are some who have even even those who do believe in it maybe a lot of them are losing faith and maybe this case sort of highlights to them you, you know again sort of like the risks i guess of, of of not having any sort of cover whether that be legal cover union cover whatever um uh, yeah tom go on um, I just wanted to add to your point, Tom, about the tiredness aspect of it being on a Friday and um, Friday afternoon. I think this was also the same week as they'd just done their key stage two sats. So mm. when mm. you look when you look at that aspect, that's just you know that um, just escalates things even further, um, doesn't it? In terms of it was Friday the thirteenth of May, they just completed their key stage two sats. I mean it. The, the year six teachers in that school considering you know she was a dsl as well um you know that 
you peaked hardness and I appreciate the points that have been made about you know, whatever you have to do you have to um, you have to report things you have to have a paper trail you have to have made sure you've um, covered all bases um, I think the um, particular context of this is very important as well um, yeah. I've seen that Yasmin's in as well I really want to hear yeah. from Yasmin Yasmin if you want to unmute yourself but yeah hi guys thanks for inviting hi. me um, yeah I've been listening to what everyone said and honestly there's you know parts of there's things everyone has said that I really agree with. Um, I think I'll just quickly start with the bit um, that Chuma said. I do. I think the one thing I will say um, that isn't about the teacher, but it's about the child is that, um, you know, I kind of agree with Chuma in that I would defend the child. Like, I think it's a bit dangerous to speculate about the child's behaviour and that, you know, it doesn't diminish the concern and outrage on behalf of the teacher. But at the same time, like, you know, when I read this report, I just kind of couldn't believe what I was reading. So I just kind of um, looked into the background of the school. And, you know, I could see that a year before this incident happened, they had two, and I don't think I've ever seen this with a school, but they had two Ofsted monitoring visits in the span of three months in 2021, the first of which was two weeks out of lockdown. And, um, you know, I, I read all of the reports, all of the offset reports, and, um, you know, it seemed to me as though this teacher, and I could, you know, it said in the article, it said in the uh, panel hearing as well that this teacher was an excellent teacher and, you know, they, they were observed a lot by other teachers, clearly a really good example. You know, I just kind of felt like, was this teacher put under this immense pressure and you know when I don't think I've ever heard of a DSL that is also a year six class teacher and as Tom said as well you know in SATS week and it just sounds like this teacher was under a lot of pressure and so the concern I had is you know where's the collective accountability why hasn't the head teacher also been accountable for what's happened because head teachers also oversee safeguarding in a school and another concern I had, which um, what Beauty said was, you know, it's a bit of a power play, you know, um, I, and I wonder, so not just the pressure that Ofsted put on this school and this, you know, member of staff, Sarah Mead, but also what about the media and the role they play in the way that they denigrate teachers? You know, what kind of precedent does that set for a parent's first thing? To, you, do you know what I mean? Like every school publishes their complaints policy on their website. And the whole point is, you know, everyone, everyone in a school, I'm a teacher myself, but everyone acknowledges that you know parents are stakeholders they're really important you know they're the parents and guardians yeah. of kids and you know it will be the case that parents and guardians have complaints and um you know that's why schools go to the effort of you know carefully and meticulously going you know creating a policy and publishing it on their website publicly for anyone to find and you know it makes me wonder if you google now complain about a teacher which i did earlier today like yeah. the guardian come up the sun comes up there's so many news articles saying you know how to complain about a teacher and it breaks down all the steps for them you know and i just wonder is the way that teachers are treated by the media contributing to why a parent feels as though they can escalate something to like a national level Beauty, do you want to come in on that? Absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly with Yasmin. Even even teachers feeling they can't comment on the outcome of this case, that speaks to an issue within itself, right? Because this is clearly something that could happen to anyone who is a teacher at any point in time. And the fact that teachers don't feel safe enough to actually say, hang on a minute, in this in this instant, how would I have reacted? Or even just to defend someone that they share the same you know, issues with, pressures with, the fact that teachers now, I mean, so many teachers are bravely calling it out, but there are also so many people I'm seeing 
speaking about it in in confidence um speaking about it in circles because they're scared of the repercussions of what could happen to them and I think what Yasmin said is absolutely right in in terms of the, the 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 influence the media play on it just creating a a culture of fear um uh, a, a culture of hostility towards teachers because you have to understand ultimately what teachers are there to do they are there to teach your kids mm. right this doesn't take away from any of the other pastoral um stuff that comes along with being a teacher all very important all very valid and as yasmin and Shuma rightly put we can't we can't assume what the children were up to or how they were behaving there is there is no blame to put here on the, on the teacher or the kids but i do feel like the idea of power and and sensationalizing this heroism of what the like what teachers can and cannot do is really 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 problematic and it's the reason why there are no teachers left anymore teachers are leaving teachers are leaving teachers are scared teachers are killing themselves i just think i just think the entire case in the, in in the nicest way is just so messed up and if if any of you know if anything's been done for um miss mead like just for her emotional healing um i don't know for support she, like, it'll mean, be really good to you, know like tom mentioned earlier when you think about her career and yeah sort of you know she's deputy head teacher you know um she'd obviously been in the school for a while so she presumably you know was was sort of enjoying um her job and and now you know this has all happened it's 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 yeah and and i know um Chuma's, uh sort of commented um in the chat as well uh Chuma, you can you can basically say it but um Chuma said this is a extremely sad and unfortunate situation unfortunately we cannot get too distracted with the actions of the parent we can't control that um again i'm not sure i agree to i'm i'm very distracted by it <laughs> very distracted i'm raging actually by the actions of the parent but um but yeah i i sort of i wondered i don't know whether you want to expand on that but um but yeah i, I get what you're saying um it's just that i find it really difficult to ignore um the actions of the parent in this case yeah, um, going to the sun specifically, but other things too. Yeah, and you know that parent knew exactly what they were doing by going to the sun. Mm. You know, they knew they wanted to sensationalize it. They wanted to critique teachers. They wanted to to do all they could to 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 tarnish this teacher's name and the mm. school with with a bad brush. <clears throat> Sorry. So, for me, her actions are reprehensible. Yeah. For me, because if you really care about you're not that says to me that you're not really doing this for your child. You you are doing this for may, maybe to get some money or maybe to get clicks or something. You're not really mm-hmm. doing this for your child. So your actions for me are reprehensible. And you know, the only reason I say I can't get distracted with it is because yeah. um because I can't because for me the the policy is to protect against these reprehensible people, mm, you mm, know. Mm, it's to protect yeah. against. No, I take that. your so, point. 100%. Yeah, so that's that's the point. That's that's yeah. ultimately why I was saying that because yeah, we Sarah's the victim here. You know, the child is the child is is also a victim. He got burned, but also Sarah's Sarah's a victim because this is now a, a blemish on her on on her on, on her career. Do you see? And again, I think. Um, 
Yasmin alluded to this earlier, is that why are we in a situation where this person, one, has got three, occupying three roles, two, is occupying, looking after your class with three, three groups, I don't really care if there's two kids in one group or I don't know, but mm. they're all in different rooms mm. like that. Why, you know, where is the collective responsibility, you know, for Sarah? Why is she being up in a, why is she in a situation? Mm. It's, you know, it's just asking for trouble. And it's an antecedent that, again, speaks mm. to the profession, people leaving, high mm. pressure, people having to do um, more roles than they can take on. Yeah, and again, I mean, again, yeah. we, we can't we can't sort of speculate or read between the lines, but just from from my personal experience, it's highly unlikely that Sarah Mead sort of, uh, you know, at the start of Friday was going, I can't wait for the last lesson of today when I'm going to mm. have like X amount of kids in in different rooms doing this with no TA support, you know, and she was already fighting a losing battle. Anyway, I'll bring in Yasmin who has had a hand up for a while. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Um, You know, another thing that I really wanted to say is, you know, I just feel like there's been no thought given to kind of protecting this teacher at any level. Like, for example, I completely understand, like, you know, the teacher regulation agency and the fact that they publish these um, panel outcomes. But if a teacher has been given no prohibition order, uh, you know, there's been no, like, consequence why is it then that, you know, her full name and everything about her will still be published? Like, you know, there were safeguarding changes made this year where, um, you know, it's going to become normal now to Google a member of staff that's joining the school. And so, you know, I just feel like where is the thought and concern for this teacher's future? And if if this is someone who, you know, in that, um, uh, who's been credited in that report as, you know, being an outstanding teacher who, you know, has gone above and beyond and, you know, this was, you know, an unblemished career, I think to quote it directly, um, you know, but what about now in the future? Because like, if, you know, if I use myself as an example, like um, if anyone's like followed me on Twitter, I had a tribunal when I was in NQT, um, which was fully funded by the union where I was essentially a victim of discrimination. But, you know, before it went yeah. to trial, I was given the choice. Like I knew that by going to tribunal and not taking a settlement, I it would be something that would be, you know, on public record and published. But like I had that choice. And, you know, I understand that not every teacher that's referred to a misconduct panel can have the choice, especially because if anyone's read any other uh, misconduct panels, there are some like, you know, seriously bad things that has happened in, you know, the teaching profession affecting children and also other adults. But like, you know, in this case, if there's been no order made, is it really in the public interest to have her full name published and you know what effect will that continue to have you know when I read it I couldn't believe that she was still in teaching I guess this was before it was published but now you know how many people have come across this and also any future students she teaches can also read this so you know I feel like there hasn't really been much thought given to how she's supposed to go on in the future and actually well yeah and the last thing i was just going to say sorry tom is also it affects the confidence of all teachers i think the reason why you know this has gone viral is because it resonates with everyone and as you've mentioned loads of times tom it could be anyone it you know every teacher could be in this position one day and you know i'm sure loads of people have kind of thought about their own lessons or going back to school in september and thought you know what can i do differently like i'm a science teacher and you know i've been thinking about what practicals should i avoid and i think I think a lot of people and design technology it's scary like and teaching is already hard enough but now loads of people are scared and their confidence has been diminished by this 
Um, I mean, it, it sort of, and again, please stop me, Yasmin, if, if you want me to, but um, it did make me think of your, your case that you've just mentioned and, and how, uh, you know, just speaking in general, um, there is that element. And it's, it, for me, reading the report, it made me feel like it was the easier option for everyone if Sarah Mead just gave up. <laughs> you know, that's just my that's just my opinion. That's um, exactly that. Yeah, I think school is a is a very hierarchical place, and I get that she was a you know deputy head, but even still, you know, ultimately it was the only person who would have kind of been above her in the order of the school that basically yeah. had a quiet word with her, and you know that contributed to her then immediately resigning. It, it, it spoke to me a lot about like the power of leadership in terms of supporting teachers, backing teachers, given, you know, it, it spoke a lot about that. It hit me inside around that point of when people have a choice to make and it's like, this is the crunch moment. This is the one. This is the one. It's not the easy one. It's not the one that's like, oh, you know, uh, should we have extra cutlery in the canteen or not? That's, no, this is like the one. This is the one where the choice is to like, support back absolutely go to war for the teacher if need if absolutely necessary uh, or not or to actually go you know what it's much easier if you just walk away now now we don't know we aren't privy to any conversation that's taken place we don't know what's gone on exactly but that was sort of the questions i had anyway jamie's called in so we'll i'll just hear from jamie go hi tom i just hi. Um, wanted to say something I, you know you, when you sort of toy with do i say something or not yeah. I don't want to draw unnecessary attention to Sarah when, as colleagues have said, you know, she's going to have a career and move, try to move on at some point. But yeah. what worries me is this is the bigger picture of what's happened in terms of, you know, to me, read, and it, I, it's reading the press and reading what's online, but it just feels like a witch hunt. You know, my understanding is that she made a mistake. This all happened on a Friday, I think. She went home. She, she got an email on the Saturday, I think. It said in the paper, and um, she replied immediately. So over the space of a weekend, it had gone from zero to 100. And, you know, she accepted full responsibility for her actions. She accepted mistakes were made. And there should have been accountability, no doubt about that. But I think what worries me as a head teacher is this culture of parents are unhappy with either rules, with um, mistakes that happen, to then go from just having a conversation, dealing with it in a sensible manner, to actually going to the press, starting a petition yeah. that says get Sarah Mead out. That if you hanging around parents, outside the school, yeah, look at this parents' Twitter feed. It's just about Sarah Mead, and it just feels to me like a witch hunt. And I just think there's a big, big worry in terms of the culture that's been created, particularly post COVID. I, I, I have to say that you know where parents. Um, have gone beyond simply just complaining to the school or, um, to, you know, to raising issues, but to actually this culture of I'm going to go online and use social media, the press and any channels I have available to really vilify teachers who are sometimes making genuine and honest mistakes. Yeah, oh, I, I think you've made some really powerful points there, Jamie, and um, you, you're spot on, um, in my opinion. Um, Tom, I don't know whether you want to come in there on anything that's being said. 
Yeah, I, just, I was going to add um, just before JB came in, but the parent did set up a Twitter account in 2022, which has been used exclusively to attack the teacher, um, to share a petition calling for her to lose her job, even though she'd already resigned, um, and tagging in Ofsted and um, other authorities into um, sort of those posts as well. Um, I've also got a comment from a head teacher who's gone through the TRA process themselves, um, who says, I believe that most are failing to see how deliberate deliberately this report has been written. They could not say it's been a waste of public money given that it got to panel level. An outcome of sorts had to be given in order to justify the work, inverted commas, that the TRA put into the case. It's a disgrace, but not a surprise. Um, the other point I'd make, of course, is about the role of HR in all of this. We, we have to remember here as teachers that HR ultimately is there to protect the employer, not the employee. Um, and that's why it's important to seek third party neutral advice, whether that's from from um, legal advice or whether that's a um, trade union, um, it's really important to have that third party advice because HR is not there to protect you as an employee, it's there to protect the employer. Mm. Oh, really, really good comments. Um, uh, Yasmin, I don't know whether you've got anything on, on the back of anything what Tom or Jamie have said to add or, or anyone. Um, yeah, I mean, um, or... I was going to add, I, honestly, I was going to say what Tom just said, like HR, like, I'm not surprised that that teacher sounds like you know she wasn't able to get HR advice that would kind of help her or protect her and I think you know the school is it sounds to me like you know they were in a really desperate position or that teacher was just really shocked to find you know that parents were standing outside that you know she was there was a news article about her over the weekend you know like there was a petition made about her I don't doubt that this teacher probably would have seen all of those things and felt like you know just felt really lonely in that moment and felt like she kind of had no other choice to resign but to resign and when it comes to and I've seen a lot of teachers as well today talking about union membership and how important it is and I do completely agree um you know union membership is really important I've benefited massively from it and off the back of the support that I got from the union I've like dedicated a part of my career to always being a union rep so I've been a union rep for almost all of my career just not my NQT year um but the one thing I would say about unions is you actually don't get legal advice that quickly. It takes a really long time. And, you know, I I do wonder had yeah. that teacher contacted a union on that day. I mean, maybe she did, but it, it takes months and it is really difficult and it's a really, really stressful process. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of teachers, especially when they have you know children they've got dependents or they've got a mortgage or you know they've got bills that they have to pay a lot of teachers just the only option that they take in that kind of moment of desperation is well I'm just going to leave you know I'm going to take this on the chin and I'm just going to try get a job elsewhere and it's really sad as well that you know teachers are always in those really difficult positions you know I, I just think it's really sad I think there isn't enough support for teachers unions in my opinion are the best source of legal advice for a teacher and I would strongly encourage everyone that's a teacher to join a union but you know a lot of the place uh, a lot of the procedures are really slow and take a really long time and you know I just think there isn't enough support on any level for teachers in schools and it makes that a really unsafe environment to work in. Yeah, some some really powerful points again, Yasmin. Thanks. Emma's here. Uh, Emma, our former host. Good to good to hear from you, Emma. Do you want to uh, come in with something on this? Thanks, Tom. Yeah, I I, I wasn't going to say anything, but um, one of your speakers earlier mentioned how many teachers feel reluctant to speak out because 
obviously yeah. we all know that everybody's watching us in our job so speaking as someone who's left the profession after 21 years I just wanted to add my voice and it this case is really tied into things that I've written about before in relation to school trips you know where you're in loco parentis 24 hours a day and this idea that for something so minor this teacher has faced losing her job um uh, you know potentially losing her career and I'm genuinely speechless and if if anyone is wondering why experienced teachers are leaving the profession in droves like myself they should read this case because the older you get I found I just felt I could no longer cope with what might happen you know the older you get perhaps it's because you see and read about more cases um, but also I think you get you become less robust and less able to think, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine, which I think you do when you're younger. And I found I just hit hit a wall as I hit middle age that I thought, I can't do this anymore. I can't face the what ifs. I can't face thinking about what decision I should make when every parent would make a very slightly different one. And the responsibility just genuinely felt too great. Mm. Uh, Jamie, I know you're a head teacher. I don't know whether you have any sort of comments on on what Emma said or anyone else has said in the last sort of five minutes or so. Um... No, so just um, you know, agreeing really, Tom. I, I think there's um, there's a much bigger picture, as I said earlier, than just this particular case. I think there's some really serious um, considerations that the sector needs to think about. Um, in order to protect teachers and keep them in the profession at a time when we can ill afford to lose them. And I think it's um, making sure that unions and um, I suppose the organisations that are there to support teachers are really um, prepared to to stand by them in in the absence of what appears to be some schools standing by their staff. Yeah. Um, Beauty, do you want to come back in again? Yes. uh, Thank you so much for all the points um, you've all made so far. I just want to talk about the precedent this sets moving forward um, between students, not students, sorry, between staff and parent relationships. How then do senior leadership speak to each other? How then do teachers navigate these type of relationship relationships? If then it's not just senior management um, who are technically your bosses, but parents too, you know, I, I'm wondering, is there an understanding w- with parents that actually we're on the same side here? ultimately both of us have the same end goal to educate your kid to safeguard your kid and do it in the best possible way ever and I'm just wondering what conversations need to take place in schools between staff members between uh, staff members and head teachers between staff members head teachers and parents to mitigate any of this ever happening again and all of this being weaponized by the media Um, I'm, I'm open to any thoughts Oh, it's a really good point. And, you know, uh, I'll bring Tumor in next. I know he's got his hand up. Um, but I just wanted to throw in there as well. And I'm not saying I agree or disagree with this, but the whole idea of body cams um, for teachers, actual cameras in classrooms, um, I, I, I've i seen a few people mention it. Um, I've seen, I, I just, I, what I'm supposed I'm asking is, yeah, I think, I think, um, Lucy's given me a thumbs down, Beauty's given me a thumbs down. And certainly it's not something I've ever been in favor of. However, um, this case and others like it, and it brought back memories of the 
videos of the teachers a few months ago there were various videos of teachers recorded in lessons and they were posted by media outlets and then there was a huge pile on on those teachers and you know and it was it it was really bad to see that um so it brought back memories of that so i don't know what the answer is um but tuma do you want to come in i know you've, you've got your hand up next yeah thanks tom i just wanted to touch on a point um that uh, Beauty and Yasmin made with regards to union involvement. Mm. And yeah, I do think that this is a good case for to advertise and promote more union involvement. However, I'm trying to think hypothetically what would I've wanted the union to do in this case? And I think one thing one thing the union can't do is they can't they can't absolve you of of what you have done, for example. So for example, Ceremid has accepted what's happened right she can't mm-hmm. be absolved of that but mm-hmm. i would like to think that the union can help carve a way forward that make sure that in the aftermath of what has happened that sarah still keeps you know her integrity that maybe that this doesn't really go on her record because mm-hmm. at the end of the day you know like what emma was saying it it can be classed as a minor issue so I read there were I think there were about three or four other reports that were published at the same time, and I read I read I, I, well I read them all, and there was another case of there were two cases that stood out. One was a guy that um, he was caught with indecent images of children, right? He was prohibited from teaching. Yeah. Then there was a case of another woman who forged or gave um, the wrong grades, right? She was dishonest. She submitted grades, said that she had moderated the grades before a certain timeline, but it, but then it was proved that she lied, right? She was also prohibitive. I think these are the cases that need to be made public, right? But I don't think Miss Mead's one does, actually. Do you see? So I think what I would like the union to do, if they were to get involved in this, if they were able to carve an avenue whereby they can control what happens in the aftermath of a, of, of a situation like Sarah Mead's, where... She gets it. She gets, you know, she's got, she's got her case. But then, in the aftermath of her accepting what's wrong, she can still teach. She can still go about and 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 help enrich the lives of these young children, you know. But that that's what I would want the union to do. And I don't know if if that is is a possibility. Maybe somebody else can speak on that. If they can do that, if that is possible, if the avenues, if avenues exist to make that a possibility, I don't know. But maybe somebody else can. Tom, do you want to come in? Um, yeah, I did. I just wanted to say, um, so Vic Goddard um, made a very interesting point about how ever since um, MPs were crying to Ofsted about um, the Catgate incident, um, there's been sort of a culture of people trying to basically inflame things far beyond where they need to go, um, especially since Ofsted did inspect that school and found no evidence of any students identifying as a cat. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out, of course, is that Teachers Talk Radio is brought to you in association with Pearson, um, Pearson and Excel, their new student-centred French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability or reason for studying. Rooted in learned language knowledge, their assessments are transparent and accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills through inclusive and relatable content. The new Pearson MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding of and appreciation for the wider world. You want to find out more, go to go.pearson.com 
forward slash MFL. Back to you, Tom. Um, I just want to go. I know Yas- Yasmin's got a hand up again, but before we go to Yasmin, uh, is it Bar? Uh, apologies, correct no, that's me. Correct. Uh, that's correct. Bar, do you want to um, comment on this? Yeah, I do actually. Um, I wanted to comment more so as a parent. Um, I actually haven't heard of this um, a ceramide case at all until yesterday. Someone put it on Twitter. Um, and it really shocked me because as a parent, um, parent teacher, I was shocked at how, if if you compare what happened to you as a parent, like years ago, my son was in year two, um, he was left unattended, but he, his lip, his top lip was busted and he needed stitches. It was really, really bad. Um, and I could have made a really huge deal about it, but the school, the relationship I had with the school had made such a huge difference. The head teacher was um, had called me in really quickly. Uh, they had apologized, put their hand up, um, put, said what they were going to do, and that relationship for me as a parent um, calmed me down, as opposed to going another different route. Because I, initially I was livid, but I wonder the importance of also developing a relationship with parents because that level of trust um, that is very very important. And also I've seen in my career where teachers were not protected and I sometimes think it's due to training a lack of training from senior leaders or just a lack of empathy or lack of understanding or this essence where everybody wants to cover their own back but they forget they also need to protect and create a safe school and safe place to work in for the teachers so when I read this I was really really shocked Um, and thinking as a parent I just thought I mean there is no way you could take your child into school every day, trust your child within a school. But when something happens, how how low is the trust in the school that you've been taking your child to for whatever number of years that you can't see, okay, something has gone wrong, something has happened. How do I help this school make better decisions or make ensure this doesn't happen to another child? But that relationship is really important. And I wonder what we could do as a profession to... Um, build not only build the trust but also strengthen the trust um, both ways as a parent I'm I'm quite conscious of how I would do that as well Mm. Um, Yasmin do you want to come in next yeah thanks Tom I wanted to respond to um, what Truma said about unions Um, I think I I was yeah sorry I wanted to respond to what Truma said about unions but um, I think I mean I get that and I think I was saying this earlier as well I get that every kind of case is published because you know there are certainly and I think I mentioned this earlier there are certainly you know as Chuma pointed out some um, hearings that are you know really serious where there has been um, a lot of problems I think what the union would have done um, Chuma is they would have given that they I think that if a union had been involved I think what would have happened or would likely have happened is they would have been um, the people to speak to the head teacher rather than the deputy head directly herself and they would have in that moment been able to put that deputy head teacher first in that situation and either you know protect her employment there uh, and things like that so they would have given her you know really timely advice I think I could see that I was tagged in uh, comments by ADAPT as well who are in this um, call and I know that you know some unions are better than others in the sense that some of them would give you legal aid straight away so I think that's what they would have done I don't think they could stop um, the TRA from publishing that hearing that panel outcome because all of them are published however um, you know I think it does raise an important point and I was also saying this earlier I think when 
there's a case that a teacher hasn't received a prohibition order and has remained in teaching, is there, you know, good grounds to kind of protect them from that being published? And also to respond to uh, what Beauty said earlier, and also what Bar has, you know, really alluded to as well. Um, I think uh, there was a time once, um, I won't really go into detail, but there was a time once that I rep presented or advocated for a parent where a really similar thing had happened I didn't know the parent I didn't know the child I didn't know the school or the teacher but it was a really similar incident that happened in a science lesson and because I was a science teacher this parent reached out to me um, and I essentially just kind of mediated between the parent and the school and you know when I spoke to the head teacher I made a request that it was dealt with confidentially and that you know it wasn't just the classroom teacher who was given you know disproportionate blame and it was resolved really well. The parent was happy. The school was happy. Um, and initially, before I got involved, the parent had actually been planning to put it on social media. And um, there was even a Zoom call where, you know, loads of just random members of the community had kind of listened and shared their outrage about what had happened to that child. But in the end, there was a good outcome. And, you know, since that time, when I read this, it kind of reminded me. But, you know, it just kind of made me think about what can be set up to form a bridge between, you know, parents and teachers as collective important stakeholders in children's lives? Can there be, you know, a third party that is, exists when parents and schools are at loggerheads or, you know, to kind of protect teachers, but also protect parents and protect children? Because, you know, it is really scary to that a parent can just contact the TRA. And, you know, I don't know too much about the TRA. I have read other panel outcomes before, but do they investigate every complaint that's made? And if they don't, like, what's their criteria? And do enough teachers know about it? Because I, for one, would really like to know, you know, what are the options if you are reported to the TRA? Like, what is the threshold that has to be met? I don't think that's something that enough teachers know about. I, I certainly don't myself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, really good point. Um, it's interesting as well, again, just to throw this out there, um, from my perspective is a lot of the um a lot of the a lot of the sort of the narrative the surrounding narrative of this sometimes paints it as though Sarah Mead has caused the burn <laughs> or done or done it. You know, or done it. Like she was there, um, but you know, that's it really. Um uh, so I don't know. I find that I find that side of it interesting. Um, sort of seeing a lot of the commentary um, online, and I don't know. I just I like I said at the start of this whole discussion. I feel like Sarah Mead was in a position that so many teachers can be in. So many teachers can be in that position, and who is to say that you know? And all of us can sit here right now and say. Uh, we'd have we'd have followed i'd have followed the procedure i'd have done this i'd have done that you don't know that until until you're there and until you're in that high stress situation until you know you'd like to hope you would you'd like to hope you wouldn't make a mistake you'd like to hope you wouldn't say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing teachers are human beings teachers are human beings human beings make mistakes this one for me should should have, and this is personal opinion again should not have got anywhere near the tribunal anywhere near the tribunal it's a mistake yes she's acknowledged it was a mistake very quickly after it happened um we don't know the full details of whether she was you know how exactly the resignation came about but yeah on the on the initial that friday afternoon reading that report it just reminded me 
of so many Friday afternoons in my career. Um, not necessarily in terms of what happened, but just in terms of the feeling of Friday afternoon, the feeling of tiredness, the feeling of, oh my God, I- I've got to get through this afternoon um, no matter what, and I've got to push myself and get to the bell. You know, we, we don't know what her personal uh, life is. We don't know what, you know, um, and we shouldn't speculate on that. But what we can say is everyone has a personal life. Everyone is allowed to have a bad day. We don't know what stress she may have been under or why she needed to get home uh, on Friday or why, uh, you know, this particular parent chose to, and again, this is my interpretation on it, target uh, Sarah me we we don't know um any of these things um at this at this moment in time um do anyone want to throw any tumor i don't know whether you want to comment on anything i've just said or anything that you've heard in the last sort of 10 minutes since you last spoke yeah no i agree um you know with a lot of what you said it's, it's just a very unfortunate situation and I, and I don't think you know that this warrants um you know, going to tribunal, uh, the big media, um, the big media attention that it's that it's got. I don't think it warrants that at all. I, I think it could have been dealt with in a much better way. Um, unfortunately, now we've, we've got a situation where uh, this parent has now tarnished his school, and her actions have now resulted in a, a professional with an impeccable record now having a blemish that's going to be on the on the record for the rest of of their career. Um, there's, there's just, I think there's a lot to learn from what has happened. And, you know, if, if we can forge new ways forward, like with regards to how we deal with these things in the future, I think uh, hopefully we can get to a place where um, tomorrow, if it was to happen again, then there can be different, more favorable, out, favorable outcomes, you know, that favor good teachers because we are short of teachers. We're short of teachers, you know, and we can't afford to live in a place where we're charging teachers out or chasing them out of the profession. We just, it's, it's one of the reasons why I left the UK, you know, because, yeah. because of it, you know, and, you know, and we just can't afford to just be in a situation where good teachers are being tarnished yeah. and prospective teachers are afraid to get into the profession because of stories like this, because this or even like, even like what Emma said earlier, even just scared to say anything on social yeah. media about anything. It's unbelievable. Like, hang on, you know, like we're professionals. Professionals are allowed to have a voice. Professionals yeah. are allowed to have an opinion. You don't have to agree with it, but one thing for sure is there shouldn't be a persecution of someone no. because they have an opinion as a professional. It's a professional opinion, you know. Um, Beauty, I don't know, just going back to what you you said earlier, Beauty, about um, sort of the relationship between uh, parents and teachers and schools and, and that. Um, and we're, we're coming towards the end now, maybe last five minutes. If anyone else, by the way, wants to call in and share their thoughts in the last five minutes, feel free to do so. Um, Beauty, I don't know whether, like, what is the answer for you then to offer perhaps protection on all sides, particularly... For, for you know we're talking about this particular case so protection for individual teachers I guess mm-hmm. would be first but what is your like does there need to be more I don't know like legal protection so the media can't I don't know do what they've done in this case I don't know I, I think it's it's very it's very very tricky again because what what I fear is adding just even more 
power <laughs> asymmetries, if you will. Um, for example, if you were to bring things in um, in a legal protection light, how how would that play out? You know, who would be accountable to ensure those things get um, honoured and they don't get leaked? You know. Um, I don't agree with body cams. I mean, just look to the police and see how that works. Um, um, I would say, I don't know, maybe maybe we can learn from other countries. I don't know how kind of like parent associations work. I know in the States they have them set up. Is there a way for, for them to exist where parents can voice their grievances in a way and in a space that's... Uh, um, listened to by senior management and teachers directly. Um, but also, I strongly agree with everything Yasmin and Chuma echoed. There, there does mm-hmm. need to be unions. Um, um, so I think, I think there is no wrong and right answer. I think there's space for all of those things to work, bar the body cams. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, it's, it's a really sticky one. And I'm sure it's one that generations of parents... Um, have been going through and I think just to make another point it's not just about parents because you have to understand many many of these kids will not be coming from nuclear families you know I'm a I'm a carer myself I look after my young cousins in a very guardian way I represent them in many different ways um and if it was brought in a legal way um, what standing would I have if it was to take if it was to go to tribunal? You know, then it's a case of me having to prove my relationship to this child. Blah 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 blah. So it's just just many things at play here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that sort of brings us to the end of our our chat this afternoon. I think, which has been just so interesting. Um, massive thanks to Jamie, uh, to David, who both talked earlier. Um, Beauty, Tuma. Emma, uh, Tom HB, um, Lucy is administrating on behalf of Teachers Talk Radio behind that that beautiful logo of ours, um, and everybody else who was called in, Yasmin as well, uh, made some made some really really um, strong points. Uh, this show, as always, is is brought to you in association with our wonderful partners, including Pearson MFL. If you want to find out more about that, you can visit our website ttradio.org, and you can click on the blog page and you can find uh, our past shows discussing the relevance of language learning um which are really interesting i highly recommend that for a bit of summer listening um also you can follow teachers talk radio on spotify or apple podcasts or google play or wherever you get your podcasts from um this will be published as a podcast so if you think it would be something that people would find useful to listen to certainly it's been very useful to me um because I think, uh, you know, I'm still teaching uh, history. So for me, it's 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 really good to hear how difficult situations can be navigated. As I say, next month, we're going to have lots and lots of shows coming up around uh, unions, around the legalities of processes um, and the different things that teachers can do to get through situations like this or similar to this or you know the the sort of difficult situations that i'm sure they're going to be facing over the next academic year um so huge thanks to to everyone again and uh, we'll tweet out a link to the podcast version of this when it's available but you can actually also just click on the play 
button on this particular link once we finish and the recording will be there available to listen to anyway on but that's only through x so not through um your podcast providers so thanks very much everybody and we will be back tomorrow morning at 10 a.m uh, on the weekly review that's available through our youtube channel and uh, so if you want to see some faces then uh, you can do that um it's hosted by tom who was on the space earlier um that'll be at 10 a.m tomorrow morning live on the youtube channel and via the teachers talk radio um x feed so thanks very much everybody and we will speak to you soon You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.